your Bibles to, keep your finger there if you have it in, in Colossians 3, but open your Bibles to Romans 1. And I'd like to read Romans 1, verses 18 to 25. You can follow along with me. Romans 1, 18 to 25. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Key words there. Did not honor him or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in their lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they engaged or exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So may the word of God, may, may the Father bless this reading, but as we read this, I think we can see clearly what's happening in our culture. I mean, and it's been happening, of course, in all cultures. This is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week, have a lot of people traveling. Um, many people will be asked the question, um, for what are you thankful now, I think if I asked that question, we could have any, any number of uh, answers. Um, I'm thankful for my family, thankful for my wife. Um, I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful for a job, our country. All these things are good to be thankful for. And if John Foley was here, he would be thankful for snow. And there are many of you who would be thankful for no snow. Isn't it interesting? that we could be thankful to the same God for snow and be thankful to the same God for no snow. Um, but that being thankful, I think uh, many times we, we see that. And one thing I've noticed as you see the media ask this question, um, what are you thankful for? There's never a follow-up question, and you probably know what that is, to whom are you thankful, Right? I mean, you hear all kinds of people say all kinds of things that they're, they're thankful for, but we don't, we don't hear that question, to whom you were thankful. So if you said, well, you, know, you said you were thankful for, him, for family, to whom are you thankful for family? My dad? <laughs> My mom, I guess? Um, you said you were thankful for food. To whom are you thankful for food? My dad. My mom. Uh, you could go on, I guess, and uh, ask all these questions. Uh, you said you were thankful for snow. John, John Foley would say he was thankful for snow. Or you're thankful for no snow. To whom are you thankful for snow? Um, the snow gods? I don't know. Well, don't you wish that that follow-up question would be asked? I think we'd, we'd see much deeper into our culture if that question was asked, to whom are you thankful Faith and I were having this discussion, you know, can, 
Can an unbeliever really be thankful? <laughs> well, I, I think you can be thankful for things, but not to God. Not to God. You have no relationship to God. You can't, an unbeliever can't say, thank you, God, and be speaking to him apart from Christ. So that question just lingers uh, there. Paul writes in, in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.18, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Really neat thing here. If you're searching for the will of God, here it is. Be thankful in all circumstances. But even that verse doesn't tell us, really, it, it gives us an indication, but it doesn't tell us to whom we should be thankful. However, in the scripture reading um, this morning, Rob read Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. To whom? To God. Thankfulness to God. There's a distinguishing mark, as you heard in Romans chapter 1, that the unbeliever, though they may walk outside and say, I'm really thankful for this beautiful day, are they really thankful to God for that beautiful day? And I would say, no, um, they're not. So I want to just look at this uh, perspective of thankfulness from three um, aspects this morning. First, what true thankfulness of, uh, to God gives evidence of. That would be the first one. The second, to whom and for what should we be thankful? And the third would be how our actions can cause thankfulness to God with others. First, what true thankfulness to God gives evidence of. We read earlier in Romans chapter 1, if you're still there, this very revealing statement speaking about the unrighteous, so they are without excuse, for although they knew God, everyone can look up and see that there is a God. You have to actively deny that there is a God. You have to suppress that truth. They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So I would make the statement the most distinguishing characteristic of a true Christian is true thankfulness to God. Do you think that's a good statement? One of the most distinguishing, I could say one of, or I could say in my perspective, the most distinguishing characteristic of a true Christian is thankfulness to God. Because the true Christian is going to look at themselves and see how lost they are, and they're going to see what we sang this morning. I was going to call up Mike and ask him, could we sing that song, Thank You, Jesus? And I, I never got around to it. So, like usual, what happens, right? <laughs> it was so neat. Um, do you really say that? Thank you, Jesus. I mean, all of those, the, the sins, the, the depth of our depravity, and thank you, Jesus, that we have that. So when we, when we look at that, um, if, there, if you are a true believer... Are you really looking realistically at your life where you could be, maybe where you were, and where you are now, and really crying out, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I do all the time. I know the path I was on. Many of you know my testimony. I was on this path, and it was going away from God, and God reached down and grabbed a hold of me and picked me up out of the slime and mud and mire and set my rock, my feet on the rock of Jesus Christ. And I go, thank you, God, through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 
I mean, that some of you maybe haven't gone that far. Some of you young people, you're, maybe you came to Christ at the age of five or six or seven or eight, and I say, amen, and you're living that godly life. That wasn't my story. So those who have sinned much, love much, and have much to be thankful for. And I look at that. So I'd say the most distinguishing uh, characteristic of a true believer is true thankfulness to God. Every day you wake up. I wake up in the morning. I, I pray many times when I'm still in bed before I get out of bed. And I'm praying and saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm yours. Thank you that I'm here with my wife after 51 years. Thank you that I have seen my children grow up. I have seen my grandchildren, of which two are here, grow up. I have even seen a great-grandchild whose father is in the back corner um, back there. Um, and maybe the Lord will let me watch him grow up. And then if little Silas has a baby, I'll come up here and go, oh, <laughs> 90-something years old. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you, I would be thanking God for that because apart from the intervention of God in my life through Jesus Christ, I may not know my grandchildren. You know? I mean, this happens all the time. So I look at that. And the most evident distinguishing characteristic of a non-Christian is the lack of thankfulness to God. Just the opposite. They're not thankful for really to God. You'll hear those words, but they're not thankful to God. As I read earlier, I'm not referring to the person that says, thank God I wasn't there when Dad came home and saw the crumpled fender. That's, that's, that's just, that's not thankfulness. <laughs> that's just, I'm really glad I wasn't there when Dad came home and saw the crumpled fender, right? Or, thank God we didn't go to the ball game Sunday because the Giants lost. <laughs> that Sunday? <laughs> you, don't you hear that all the time? You hear, thank God, you know, thank God it's not raining today because, you know, I wanted to build something. Um, Maybe, maybe there's true thankfulness. Maybe a believer is saying that and just, you don't have to, you know, be real spiritual about it and say, oh, thank you, God, it's not raining. You may be filled with thankfulness in your heart and look outside and say, I was planning on building something outside today and I'm just thanking you, Lord, that it didn't rain today because I really need to get that done. That's a good thing. That's an attitude of thankfulness. These statements are made many times with absolutely no thankfulness at all in people's hearts at all. They're just words. As Jesus was uh, quoting Isaiah in Matthew 15, 80, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They're saying, thank you, God. Their hearts are so far, far from them. Romans 1, 21, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give, give thanks. So Romans 1 tells us that everything that was made, everything that was made, those life-sustaining things out there that we all take advantage of, sunlight, trees, plants, grain that we eat, everything, everything that was made was made to give tribute to the clear evidence of the magnificent magnificence of that one true creator pointing to him. Everything that was made. I don't, I have never met a person, and I know many unbelievers, who I think would stand on the top of Whiteface Mountain on a crystal clear day like my wife and I did a few weeks ago 
and go, this is just absolutely ugly. I mean, these Adirondacks, look at them. I'd much rather look at the, the skyline of New York City. I mean, this is ugly. Have you ever heard anyone say that about a sunset? What an ugly sunset. Ugh. Um, rank unbelievers. I mean, people with their fist in the air to God. What do they do? <laughs> they look at the creation, and it's like some of the most godless people are most inflamed with passion for the earth. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Almost kind of like what Romans 1 says, they're not worshiping the creator, they're worshiping the creation. And they're thankful to Mother Earth, to nature. You hear that a lot, don't you? Boy, I really think nature. What is nature? Where is nature? You hear these things constantly, a denying of that, the suppressing of the truth that is right in front of us, right in front of us, refusing to honor God or give them thanks. They'll tell us that the, all these things come about by chance, by some cosmic explosion billions of years ago. That's the foolishness that Romans 1 is talking about. If you want to know what the foolishness of Romans 1 is talking about, you don't have to do a deep study. All you have to do is listen to what you will hear regarding creation. Something that didn't ever exist, don't know where it came from, or anything else exploded, and this happened. And we all go, yeah, yeah, that's I guess that's the way it was. Christians don't. Christians don't suppress the truth around them. They honor God and give thanks to him for everything around him, uh, around them. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift, every good gift and every perfect gift is uh, from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So we see everything that we look at, that good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. But even true believers can fall into habit of ungratefulness. Would you agree with that? You know any, or know any, have you ever been ungrateful? Have you ever found yourself in that rut and just uh, kind of complaining or grumbling or um, saying grace for your food, rattling off some, dear God, thank you for this food, um, amen. Do you ever wonder what our Heavenly Father is just thinking when that happens? Just, is he... Now, we know he, he loves us, and we know through Christ he sees the righteousness of Christ. But sometimes I think our Heavenly Father just shakes his head. <laughs> goes, what was that? What was that? Uh, dear God, thank you for this beautiful day, and uh, thank you for the food. Can we eat yet? Um, you know, I think sometimes we can fall into those, those same patterns our attitudes and prayers of thankfulness should get, give evidence of who we are, and that is the children of God. They should give evidence of our grateful heart for life, breath, food, and everything else, and especially for our salvation. Especially for our salvation. So first, what true thankfulness to God gives evidence of? Secondly, to whom and for what should we be thankful? Look at Colossians chapter 1, start in verse 3. We always thank who? Thank you. We always 
Thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as, as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understand God's grace in all its truth. So here in this passage, we see Paul give thanks to God, the one and only true God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. For what does he give thanks? He gives thanks to God for the most basic gift from God, and that is saving faith in Jesus Christ. Once again, you start feeling a little punky, a little... Uh, Ungrateful? Are you a believer this morning? Say amen. I hope you all said that. If you didn't, you can be. Do you thank the Lord that he gave you the faith to believe and you have exercised that faith, trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ so you could be saved? Do you thank the Lord for that? Or do you think you had something to do with it? You see, if you think you had something to do with it, you're not going to be as thankful. But if you come to the understanding, the biblical understanding, that it is all by grace, all by God's grace, through faith, and this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So when you come to that understanding, the only thing you can do is fall on your face and say, thank you, Lord. No, I'm not a believer because I'm smarter than Aaron. I know I'm not smarter than Aaron anyway. Aaron's a pretty smart guy. <laughs> and I know Aaron isn't a believer because he's smarter than Ed. <laughs> there. Got even with you. <laughs> I know I'm a believer because God chose me before the foundations of the earth. And by his grace and the work of the Holy Spirit gave me the faith to believe. And I exercised that faith by his grace and become a, became a believer and have eternal life. I am united with Christ forever. That can never change. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you see, I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful for what the Bible teaches, that once you become a Christian, you are, you are set aside. You, you now have eternal life, that is life forever. You have an eternal inheritance in Christ. You have all the blessings, spiritual blessings, that are in Christ forever. I mean, if that doesn't make you thankful, then I don't know what would. So he thanks God for that basic gift. Paul also mentions the hope that's stored up for us in heaven. The writer of Hebrew writes in Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. For what? A kingdom that cannot be shaken. <laughs> are you thankful for that? That's, that's being thankful for, like, knowing you have an inheritance that's out there. You have a, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken right now. And let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. We have an eternal inheritance in the saints for which we did nothing to receive. Colossians 1.12, we read, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in an inheritance of the saints in light. I just I look at that and I think I I have no idea what that's going to be. I know my present inheritance is you, the saints, right now, but I have no idea what that's going to be like in heaven. 
but it's going to be really, really good. Go over to look at verse 15 in chapter 3, where Rob read this morning. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Jesus said in John 14.27, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You hear that? You okay with that? Some of you afraid? Do not be afraid, Jesus said. Why did he say that? He said, because I'm giving you a peace that the world can't give you. I'm giving you that peace. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. In John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm so thankful for the peace of God that he gives me. And I think as we start to really understand in reading the scriptures on a regular basis, digging into them, and we see these truths that God has given us, we have peace. We rest. We put our head down at night and we thank God. And we lift our head in the morning and we thank God. And then we get up and we do what God has put before us. Romans 5.1, therefore, since you have been justified with faith, we have what? Peace with God. You know, you hear that statement, did he make peace with God? You know, or this guy, he needs to make peace with God. Um, you don't make peace with God. <laughs> God justified us. We have been justified through faith, and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 3.16, Good 316 verse. If you go through scripture, look at those 316 verses in the New Testament. It's kind of fun. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual uh, songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And I'd say, you know, are you thankful this morning like you are thankful every morning when we gather together and we're singing those songs? My heart was just, when I saw that song, Thank You, Jesus, my heart was just thanking God for you, for this church, for uh, the things that are going on. Um, once again, we have Bibles. You know how many places in the world they don't have Bibles or they have maybe one one version that you can't get. And I, I don't know how many, Faith and I counted up the Bibles in our home once. And it was in the 20s, I think. Um, all the different versions, different Bibles. We need to be thankful for the word of God. It's through the word of Christ, the gospel of Christ, that we're saved. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of unperishable through the living and uh, enduring word of God. So I I am thankful for the word of God. The Lord gave me a hunger for that years ago when I came to Christ. Um, I asked my wife where my Bible was, and she knew. I didn't, but she did because she had been praying for me for so long that I would ask her that question. I asked her where it was, I picked it up, and I started to read it. And now some 40, I don't know, it's been a long time, 40 years later, I haven't put it down. Um, been through many, many Bibles. I wear one out about every five years. Um, but it's just amazing how the Lord gave me a hunger for his word. 
And I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. Uh, 3.16 tells us to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How is it going to do that if you're not opening your Bible, if your Bible's sitting on the shelf? How is it going to dwell in you richly? It isn't. This isn't enough. Hearing a sermon on Sunday morning, or maybe even going to a Bible study, or maybe even coming to prayer meeting on Wednesday night, which I would recommend all of you do, um, it's not enough to have that word dwell in you richly as a source of wisdom and joy and thankfulness. And that's what happens. 3.17, we read, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, thank you should always be on our lips. Whatever you're doing. How many times a day? I don't know about you, but you ever drop a screw in gravel that you really need? I know CL has done this many times. You know, you need this screw. And you're, I'm working on the car sometimes, and, oh, what is, which one goes? The one you need. And it goes into the gravel. And you look, 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 and you cannot find it. And finally, you say, Lord, I need this screw really bad. You look down, and there it is. I don't know whether that's ever happened to you. It's happened to me. I, I can't tell you the number of times. And then it's like, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have this screw. I need this screw. You know, Stevenson's isn't going to have it. We know that, right? <laughs> Stevenson's doesn't have anything anymore. Um, but, you know, you're, you're so thankful for those. Are you thankful for those little things? I mean, just, just thank you, Lord. Roll off your tongue like. You see, this is evidence of having that God consciousness Throughout everything that you do, it isn't like, wait a minute, i got to stop. Oh, it's time to pray and, and be thankful to the Lord. It's just like natural. It just comes. You know, you walk out and you hit a little ice and you don't slip. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you for holding me up. I don't know how you did that. Maybe guardian angels or something. I don't know. But I didn't fall down, and I'm really happy. Deer runs out in front of you. We've all. If you haven't experienced that, you will. Right? And you hit the brakes, and it just bounces off, and you go, Oh, thank you, Lord, and hit it. Thank you. Do you thank the Lord when you do hit it? <laughs> James is going, yeah, because that's, I mean, that's what we eat, you know, up here. <laughs> Sportsman's dinner is roadkill, okay? <laughs> Plus some other things, all right? <laughs> um, but as we, as we go through life, having that right on the tip of our tongue, whatever the believer is doing that attitude of gratitude is giving evidence of where your heart is it's just giving evidence it's all it's, it's if the person next to you is unsaved and and you say oh thank you thank you lord for that you might get a reaction we had an elderly man here who came to church for years his name was peter ramp many of you remember peter he got saved when he was 66 years old came here for years if, if you were in the line behind him at Charlie John's and, and you said, thank God it's not raining, he would turn around to you and say, are you a God person? If you sneezed and somebody said, God bless you, he'd, he'd turn around and say, are you a God person? He'd start witnessing to you. You see, he, he just assumed that God consciousness. And that's the evidence of a true believer. That's the evidence. It's, this, it's not like, okay, it's Thanksgiving, Let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. That's a good thing. I think it's a good practice. Nothing wrong with that. It's when you wake up this morning. <laughs> were you thankful you got out of bed? At my age, I'm thankful every morning I get out of bed. 
and I can stand up. And, I, and I'm, I'm standing on an artificial hip that works better than my normal one. <laughs> I mean, I'm so thankful for that, right, honey? We, we take hikes up the mountain. We snowshoe together. We do all these things. I'm thankful that the Lord, I'm thankful to the doctors, yes, but they didn't get this by themselves. God blessed them with knowledge and opened up all of these things to him so, so that I could walk. I'm thankful to God. Third and last, how our actions can cause thankfulness to God in others. Go over to 2 Corinthians with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. See, the unbeliever, though sometimes these words roll off their tongue, has no God consciousness. They're suppressing it. So they're not going to be not going to be thankful to God for some of the most basic things we have. And third, how our actions can cause thankfulness to God in others. Second Corinthians nine follows. I read verses six through fifteen. Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. That would be a wonderful statement. We don't have time this morning to explore because God loves you if you're a believer. Right? You know that through Christ. So why does it say he loves a cheerful giver? Does he love him more? We'll we'll look at that someday. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, now, get this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? Thanksgiving to who? To us? So through us, administering God's grace in its various forms... People will give thanks to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, which is why we do it, to supply the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing with many expressions of thanks to God. Isn't that a great statement? So when we're reaching out, sacrificially giving to the work of the Lord to feed the hungry, to to rescue young girls in Tanzania from horrors that you cannot imagine, I just got a picture from Pastor Mark over there of a young girl, I think she was 13, who was going to be married off to a 70-something-year-old man. Rescued. Rescued. You folks here are supporting Pastor Mark and that ministry. Amazing. Amazing. So so when, when you see that... You know, sacrificially giving to these, any of our ministries for the purpose of spreading the gospel and glorifying God, there will be many expressions of thanks to God. 
for your generosity. Verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. So these people not only give thanks to God and praise God for your generosity, they're motivated to pray for you. Let me give you a quote from Pastor Mark, Tanzania. We communicate through WhatsApp all the time, almost daily. Um, We, ABC, supports Pastor Mark and then the ministry MAN, which is kind of part of us, also supports Pastor Mark. Rescues girls from horrible things done to them, child marriage, and then feeds them, clothes them, gives them medical help, and also recently we have sent 28 girls to Christian school, getting them out of that situation. So he texts me, thank you for help, Maasai girls, man of God, we praying for you. Thank you, my Father God. Isn't that great? Bless you so much. Thank you, my Father. He knows. He knows where it's coming from. Pastor Mark knows where it's coming from. We're just a conduit. That's all we are. We're the UPS delivery guy. Okay? You know, we go pick it up. God goes, here it is. Now, what are you going to do? As Randy Alcorn says, you're going to back it up to your garage? Put UPS guy going to put stuff in his own garage? It's not going to last long, is he? No. He delivers it where it's supposed to go. And that's all we're doing. God has blessed us. Read that back earlier, remember? From uh, 1 Corinthians 9. He's blessed us. He's given us everything we need. He's abundantly blessed us. So then we can be that conduit and bless others. And you know what they do? They thank God. Because of you. They thank God because of you. And it doesn't end there. They pray for us. I love that. Pastor Mark in Tanzania and those girls pray for this church. Uh, to me, that's, that's, that's quite amazing. I'll just give you a little hint of something that I've seen happen over the last year, and this was through the MAN ministry, which I'm part of. Um, we have a young girl. She gives maybe $30 every once in a while, $70. $30. And I know it's sacrificially because I know she's a college girl and, and doesn't have an income. Almost every time I receive a gift of her from her for $30, I get a call and get a check for 3000 or 6000 from people I don't even know. I believe there's a connection. I believe as people sacrificially give God just pours out the increase. This isn't prosperity gospel. This isn't, I'm I'm looking for God to give me stuff for me. This is as 
It's given. We have words right here in 2 Corinthians 9 that says, He will supply your need, and He will give you, so you then can distribute. And by doing this, this will cause thanksgiving, not to you, although, yes, people will say thank you for your efforts. Nothing wrong with that. But it'll, it, it needs to go further than that and realize who the giver really is. We're thanking God for this. So your actions are causing people and 28 girls right now are going to go to an evangelical school to thank God. They don't know who you are. They'll probably not write you a letter. They're just thanking God. They're thanking God. So we see this overflowing so I think as we struggle with uh, ungratefulness sometimes in our own lives, uh, when we have so much in this country, I, I, I feel like just, a, a, you know, whenever I'm ungrateful, it's like I'm a rank pagan. I, I just don't know, you know, God, just thank you for saving me because it's so sinful for me to complain about anything after God has blessed so much. But I need to remind myself of verses like some of these, Colossians 1:13 through 14, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Are you thankful for that? Is anybody thankful for that here this morning? Do you know the alternative? Not being forgiven? It's huge. I'll close reading this, Titus 3, 3 through 7. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, hating, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Wow. Many other scriptures. So if you've responded in faith to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can be thankful for these promises. And I, I, it's my prayer this morning that as you leave here, that you'll really ask the Lord to, if you don't have that heart of gratitude, it's like anything, we're being sanctified uh, as we move forward and as we read his word and as we pray, we're becoming more and more like Christ. Um, having that attitude of gratitude in all things, if you're a complainer, then stop it. Just stop it, right? I don't know what else to tell you. If you're a believer, if you're an unbeliever, you can complain all you want, and you have a lot to complain about. You can complain and complain and complain, right? And God is going to have to open your eyes and give you faith to believe and, and trust Christ so you can stop complaining. But if you're a believer, just stop complaining. No, I was, I was planning on doing something today, and it's raining out. Uh, are you glad it rains? You like water? Huh? You need water? I'm glad it rains. I've been, I've, I've been in Egypt, standing there in the middle of the desert in Egypt. And, I mean, it's just sand. <laughs> it's sand. Uh, I, I was amazed. We ran around this corner, got off this highway, and it needed a snowplow. You know what it needed a snowplow for? The drifts of sand. 
I couldn't believe it. I said, do they have plows over here? Like, get these out here? No water. No water. The Nile River. You know, Google, uh, Google Earth and look at that Nile River. And the only green you see is along the Nile River. Look at this. <laughs> Don't grumble. Don't grumble. Be thankful. God has opened our eyes to the truth of Jesus Christ. And if you have not trusted Christ as of this morning, then my only words to you are repent and believe the gospel. And then get on your face and thank God for saving you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, O God, that I thank you that I can even come to you and call you Father. And I know there's the only reason for that is because of the work of your Holy Spirit in my life, opening my eyes to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, having believed. I now have eternal life. And I can come to you. And through the power of the Spirit, I can cry out, Abba, Father. I can approach that throne of grace with confidence that you hear me. Lord, my prayer is for everyone here that we will not take that lightly. That we can come into your presence and we can say thank you, God, only because of the work of Jesus Christ. We have life, we have breath, we have food, we have shelter. We have your word, we have ministries by your mercy. You tell us that your divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Oh, Lord, I thank you for that. My prayer is that as we leave and enter this week and as we sit around the table Thursday at Thanksgiving, that we will truly be grateful to you for who we are and what we have for this body of believers, for our brothers and sisters, for the workers overseas for the opportunities you've given us to serve. You're a good God. Everything about you just screams out that you're a good God. And we want to give you thanks and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Um,